Welcome to another episode of the Fast Break Pod, Halftime Hoops. Uh, we didn't get to hear your official introduction last time. Like I said, I'm calling you Hoop God. <laughs> now on, man. You're because, like I said, you're you're all over this stuff. Um, lots of lots of good stuff going on right now. We do have the Hawks Bucks tonight. Uh, like I said, eight thirty. But if we're recapping that Suns Clippers game last night, what are you what are you making of it? I mean, we was just talking about it. It was it was an ugly game, very ugly. Um, it seemed like in that fourth quarter, uh, nobody was making shots, and it seemed like a three-point lead was a big lead. Like, that's how it felt. And the Clippers kept cutting it down to one, but they just could not get the lead. I believe the Suns led the entire game. I got to give a big shout-out to DeAndre Ayton because he was the most impactful player on the court. Because yeah. when the Clippers were making their run, he was getting a lot of offensive rebounds, saving some possessions when the Suns just weren't shooting well. Chris Paul didn't shoot well. D-Book did not shoot well. Really, Ayton was the difference maker in this game. So I got to give a big shout out to him. And it's it's good to see that the Suns can win a game like this when their star players don't play too good. Right. But they were able to get some, you know, contributors from, you know, A.N. And, you know, D-Book, Chris Paul, they hit timely shots down the stretch, which was, you know, the difference maker in this game. Yeah. And you know what's funny, actually? I I thought about something you said the other day when we were talking, and I'm kind of been paying attention to it a little bit more, but – you were talking about the Milwaukee Bucks, and you had said, you know, there hasn't been a game yet where the big three, meaning Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis, have all had a good game. It's always like two of them do. But I'm kind of looking at Phoenix in the same way. It's almost like, you know, I know Chris Paul's been out and he's just came back, but it's almost like Paul, Booker, and Aiden haven't really had a game yet where like all three of them have been, you know, like flip that switch and all of them, you know, have a big game. So I'm wondering, like, do you think that's possible for them to do that? Yeah, I think I think they're due for just a big game. Um, yeah. I mean, in that Denver series, really the entire team was playing well. But outside of that series, it's really been very inconsistent for the Suns team, offensively speaking. Uh, like, Book will have his games here and there. Then Chris Paul might have a game here and there. Aiden's been pretty consistent all postseason long. But, like, Jay Crowder has not shot the ball well outside of that Denver series. Mikael Bridges has not really had a Mikael Bridges-type game. Right. And even guys, like, off the bench, like Cam Johnson's been cool here and there. Campaign's been cool here and there, too, but it's been very inconsistent from the Suns team. So I think they're due for, like, just one of those games, kind of like the Bucks had the other night where everything's clicking on all cylinders. I yeah. think they're due for something like that. Yeah, and you know what else is funny, too, is I was actually looking at the stats right now, and so the Suns 20% from three, the Clippers 16%. Do you – so so the Clippers, they went 27 of 83 from the floor, and – they went 21 of 32 from the free throw line. So you almost make as many free throws as you do. Like that, to me, that is that is crazy. Like, which team do you really see like ramping their percentages up next game? Is it going to be the Suns or do you think it'll be the Clippers? I mean, these teams could not throw sand on the beach last night. Like, that's how bad it was <laughs> offensively. Uh, I think both teams, they're due to have a, you know, a better shooting game. The Clippers had game three where they shot the ball really well in the second half. Phoenix hasn't really shot the ball well outside of game one. Um, you got to give a lot of credit to the Clippers, Ty Lue for stepping it up and making the defensive adjustments. Um, but I think heading home, role players are always going to play better at home. So I'm a, I'm expecting the Suns to, in a closeout game, kind of play like how they did in that Lakers series offensively, come out guns blazing and try and close this, uh, this Clipper team out. Because you don't want to go back to L.A. 3-2 because this Clipper team, man, they're, they're as resilient as they come. So you definitely want to close this game out. I mean, this series out at home. Yeah. And, and the other guy I'm curious about, too, is uh, Terrence Mann, because we saw how he played in the closeout game against Utah. Um, I'm wondering, do you, do you think 
with them down three to one now that he has the potential to go out there and do that again for the Clippers. Like, can he, can he be like, you know, the guy for that game or can he be like the second option of Paul George? Like, what do you, what do you see out of him? I think it would be good if he could be the second or third option. Uh, Reggie Jackson's been really well. He didn't shoot well last night, but he had some big shots in their run. Um, I don't know why Tart Lou keeps flip-flopping his lineup. I would rather see Terrence Mann in the starting lineup so he gets a rhythm earlier on. Yeah. But in regards to this next game, I think Paul George has to have a game like he did game five in Utah. I think he has to be the best player on the court. Yeah. He to, he's been He's been very impactful, don't get me wrong, in this series, but his percentages have just been – off and he's been guarded by Jay Crowder by Mikhail Bridges really well but he has to have a game he can't go one for nine from three five for 20 from the field like he did last night he's got to be the best player on the court he needs like a 35 type point game you know in order for the Clippers to extend this series and go back to LA and see that was one of the things I remember you and I talked about was we said that you know the Suns were interesting because they had so many bodies that they could throw at guys like Paul George with Kawhi being out now too it's almost like all the focus is on him because I remember we talked about that and I was like, you know, that's a really interesting point uh, because we, we felt like the wing defense for Phoenix is like, I mean, they're, they're deep at, at those positions. So um, I think we're kind of starting to see it now. So definitely interesting. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But so, so to, to kind of cap off this series, would you, do you think it ends in game five or do you think the Clippers have a little bit more fight in them? I'm going to give them a little bit more fight and say it goes six. Um, I'm, I'm going I'm to say it's over in five, man. I think five. I think Chris Paul, he knows the moment. He knows he can't he can't play around this the Suns that can't play around with the Clippers. I think they're gonna close them out. I think it's gonna be a really good game still. I mean, every game in this series has been pretty competitive, but I think I think the Suns are gonna close out the Clippers, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I kind of want to go with five. But I kind of want to give the Clippers a like a, a little bit more of a chance. Cause like you said, I think it'd be interesting if you know, Ty Lue kind of did switch, you know, his lineups. And, you know, Terrence Mann did say, you know, if you, if you threw him in there as a starter, you know, like I said, get him get him going kind of early, I think, to your point. Um, that that might be a difference maker for them. So I'll go six, but I, I can see why you say five, though, because like you said, Chris Paul, he knows the moment. Yeah, and I understand um, seeing the series extended, too, because Ty Lue's being a master at making adjustments <laughs> when down in this, in this postseason. So, yeah. you know, I expect him to make some kind of changes. That's why I think it's still going to be a good game. I just think the the Suns, they're going to, you know, take control of the moment, close them out in five. Yeah, absolutely. And and so for tonight's game too, uh, Eastern Conference Finals, Bucks Hawks. Um, we we didn't get to we didn't get to you know we didn't really talk much after the last game. Um, were, were you expecting that thirty four point loss? Were you? I don't think you ever expect that in the conference finals. Um, yeah. And it, it's like. You're happy with the split, but you're not happy by losing by almost 40 points. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like – I don't want to say I think the Bucks have figured out the Hawks because I said the same thing with Philly, and they the Hawks just kept making adjustments and just kept finding a way to win games in that series. So I'm like – I wouldn't really stress that game too much. It just seemed like it got out of hand early, and the, the Hawks were just like – they were content – with the 1-1 split. I mean, at the end of the day, you sold a game in Milwaukee, which is big time. So now you're going back to Atlanta where you played really well the entire postseason. We'll see if they can get a game three win tonight. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the box score right now, too, and two guys, um, Capella, I mean, two points, eight rebounds in 25 minutes. And Bogdanovich, he had eight points, four assists in 18 minutes. So those are two guys, too. I mean, we, we know Clint Capella is not like a, a crazy, like prolific score or anything, but um, 
you know, if you can get like 15 from him, even Bogdanovich, you can get like, you know, 15 to 18 from him. I think, I think those two could be guys who definitely make a difference because like, like we said earlier, if you get a game where, you know, even one of the big three from Milwaukee is not clicking, I mean, those guys stepping up could, could be the difference maker, you know, Atlanta, you know, taking a two, one lead tonight. Definitely. And I mean, it's still, still going to be a long series, but I don't expect like Trey Young and like Kevin Herter to really shoot that bad the rest of the series. Um, even guys like, like you mentioned, like Capella, we know he's more productive than that. We know John Collins has been more productive than that. I just think, you know, it was just one of those nights. The game got out of hand pretty early. They just kind of wrapped it up. I mean, Cam Reddish got 17 minutes. I didn't even know he was, like, active in the postseason. I didn't even know that. <laughs> to be real with you, I'm looking at uh, the box score right now. I saw where he had 11 points, and I said I did not know this man was even – yeah. I thought he was still injured or something because he hasn't played since, like, the early part of the season. Yeah. And the one thing I do want to talk to you about too is uh, we we talked about this the other the other night I remember. But do do you think Giannis like really he knows the moment because like we said before I mean you you've dodged a bullet not having to play Philly uh, you don't have to play Brooklyn so it's almost like like right now I don't think it'll we we said we don't ever think it'll be this easy for him again do you do you still kind of feel that same way? Yeah, for sure. Um, it did line up perfectly for them. I mean, they did have two tough matchups in the first two rounds, especially with the Nets, that seven-game series. But it's tailor-made for the Bucks to make this championship run. And I think I think Giannis does understand the moment because I feel like that game seven against Brooklyn really, like, flipped the switch in him. Like, he knows, like, he knows what kind of player he can be in the postseason. Yeah. And it's not really just on Giannis, it's on the others, man. Like, Chris Middleton has to be big. He – he has to play better than he has in these first two games of this series. Drew Holiday, he's played really well in the first two games. He's got to keep it up, too. Wild guard and Trey Young, which he did a great job in game two. So it's a lot for the others outside of Giannis. You know, P.J. Tucker, he's going to have to produce a little more, too. We can't have one point, only take one shot. I would like to see P.J. Tucker get in a little more of a rhythm because he was big in that Brooklyn series, too. So it's going to be on the others, the Brook Lopez's, to continue to play well in order for this Bucks team to reach the NBA Finals. And I know a guy you mentioned before was Bobby Portis. You know, um, I'm looking for him. He has, you know, 18 minutes, last game, eight points. I mean, if you can get a little bit more out of, you know, guys like him and P.J. Tucker, um, I think, like I said, that def- that definitely makes a difference. It's almost like for them, every- everybody counts. And to your point, uh, P.J. did have a lot of good games. Um, we had, he, had, he had a couple of solid games in that Brooklyn series. I, I was pretty impressed with him, but – um, I think he would definitely have to, you know, duplicate that this series and play almost the same way, um, especially against the Hawks team. Who I don't, I don't think – I mean, everybody knocked the Nets defensively, but I don't think the Hawks were as good defensively as the Nets were. Yeah, I mean, they've been playing really good defense on the postseason. you got to give them a lot of credit for yeah. – you know, compared to the early parts of the season when they were terrible defensively, they've definitely, you know, turned the corner and become a very good defensive team. I mean, you don't make it this far in the postseason without being a good defensive team. Yeah, so you give a lot of credit to the Hawks, but game three is going to be big, man. Um, you know, the Hawks going back to Atlanta, it's it's important. You know, this will be a big momentum swing if they can get a game three win, take a 2-1 lead, because that will just give them their confidence back a little bit. I'm sure their confidence probably isn't too knocked right now because, I mean, you, you lose a game, but at the end of the day, like my dad said, it's just 1-1 one, one now. Like, that's yeah. It. Yeah, and I like one or two or thirty. It's just it's still one one. Still one one. And you know, I'm I'm interested in John Collins too because I know we talked about him the other day. So game one it was 23 points, 15 rebounds. Game two it's 11 points, eight rebounds in 24 minutes. Do you think he has to be a little more consistent than that? Like he can't have like a really good game and then kind of like you know a subpar game and then a really good game. Like 
what do you, what do you what do you see as consistent for him? Like, what's the consistent stat line he would have to have? I think he has to be the second best offensive player for this Hawks team. I think he has to, you know, put up like eighteen to like twenty two points each game for this team to really have a chance in this series. Because you know what you're going to get out of Trey Young for the most part. Um, you can't rely on guys like, like Kevin Herbert to be the two option. Bogdanovich is still a little bit hobbled up from the Philly series, so you don't really know what you're going to get from him. I think John Collins, man, he wants max money. He's got to play like a max side player, man. I think, you know, tw- like 20 and 10 games consistently, like what he had in game one was was perfect, man. He right. affected both sides of the floor. I think he needs to do something like that for the rest of the series if the Hawks have a chance of reaching the next stage. Yeah. So so to cap this whole podcast off for today, um, if we're updating our series, what what are you going? Like who wins and how many games? Um, I'm, Well, we mentioned the Suns series. I'm going to take the Suns in five. Okay. Close it out in Phoenix. I'm gonna say I'm gonna still say Bucks and six in this one. Um, I think the Bucks will probably get the win tonight too. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Bucks and six. I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm still gonna stick with Bucks and six. Um, and then out west, like I said, I think I think I'm 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 gonna be optimistic and give the Clippers a little bit more fight. Uh, I'll say I'll say I'll say I'll say Bucks and six, but I'll say Suns and six too. So I'm gonna yeah. go. Those would be my two, and I think uh milwaukee phoenix i think that'd be a fun finals to watch man like we've talked about before i mean i think i think any matchup you get is gonna definitely be fun to watch as a basketball fan so yeah i was gonna say that too i think any matchup would be fun um yeah i mean if we do get the hypothetical suns bus i think i mean those two matchups in the regular season were great games i watched both of those games they were amazing games i would like to see a seven game series out of those two teams yeah, if we got a seven-game series for for out of those two teams, I think that could be definitely something we talk about for for years to come. It'd be you know Giannis Booker, Chris Paul might get one. So I mean, yeah, it definitely would be something to talk about for sure. Yeah, I don't know what the ratings is looking like, but I mean, I've been ecstatic with the postseason. Like, oh yeah, I don't yeah. Know what the ratings is showing or what the finals ratings are going to be, but I think you know it's very good for basketball to see small market teams too. Like, yeah. I mean, outside of L.A., I mean, Milwaukee's a small market. Atlanta's not really a big market, and the Suns is not a big market either in Phoenix. So I think it's good to see the small market teams, the more organically built teams, producing well in the postseason. Yeah, like you said, small market teams. I mean, you have your moments like uh, Aiden's dunk. I mean, you have a guy like Chris Paul who, you know, he's finally starting to kind of get, you know, what he's deserved his whole career. You see young stars coming coming up on the rise. So, uh, I think I think it's like basketball fans and not somebody who really pays attention to like the ratings a whole lot. I, th- I think we have every reason to be happy about this postseason. Yeah, I agree 100 percent for sure. For sure. All right, my guy. Well, uh, this is the end of the I don't even know how many episodes are on. I think we just I think oh, we just bro. do. <laughs> we just be going. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I think we just do this thing anymore at this point. So, yeah. Thanks. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, we'll have another episode coming up this week. Um, like I said, I apologize about the, you know, everything happened with the last episode but yeah so uh this is this was definitely a good one definitely a good one man i i am upset because that was a gem i ain't gonna lie that might have been one of our best for bro sure. that was a i literally was kicking myself so hard i was like that was a fire episode bro and i said and we died i was like it just you know i i fumbled the bag so i was just like come on man you gotta get it together today so technology, technology bro it's, it's yep. technology man you ain't doing nothing wrong yes sir yep 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 well yeah like i said we'll be back next week with another episode of the fast break pod everybody follow halftime hoops follow blaze review and we'll see you guys next time on the fast break pod